0: Welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, part of the incomparable network of podcasts. I'm your host, Trish Matson, and with me today is David Schaub.
1: Hello, Trish. Nice to be here.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. An interesting uh, episode to discuss. It is Season 3, Episode 17, Trinity. And David, can you give us the report from National City?
1: Catco's back in business, and so am I. Lena's debriefed <laughs> like a Luther. Supergirl seems more worried about kryptonite than anything else. James decides that trusting Lena is more important than Supergirl's fears. After magical eclipses and visions, Alex, Supergirl, and Lena travel into Unimatrix Zero. Er, that Valley Mind Realm thing. None of it makes any sense, but Sam wakes up, sends a signal, and everyone gets into a big fight. Julia sacrifices herself again as purity and pestilence kill each other. Rain collects energy from her fallen sisters, and flies off to kill Ruby. The D.E.O. seems happy with itself, and Sam is just trying to hold on. The super science, oh my.
0: <laughs> yes, it's painful this time. It's 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 not just hand-wavy. It really hurts to think about.
1: For a while, every line Lena gave, I just had to watch it a couple times to say, did she really say that?
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Okay, well, you know, plenty of time to talk about that, but uh, let's start out where the episode starts out, with Lena uh, looking at her shattered lab for a moment, and then we're all transported to the DEO office, or, you know, some office there, where everyone is sitting around a table grilling Lena. She explains the testing that she was doing on Sam, and Alex says, I tested her. I never found anything. And Lena, I forget if she actually says anything, but her shrug basically says, you know, you aren't me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she said that she had sequenced her DNA and concluded that Sam is Rain. So Jean-Jean says, so for three weeks, you you harbored a mass murderer and never told us? And Lena shootbacks that, no, she never uh, talked to the clandestine organization that has never even officially acknowledged its existence. I'm not your employee. I don't have to talk to you. Uh
1: (laughs) I think her response was remarkably reasonable. Like, from our perspective, of course, it looks bad that she hasn't talked to the DEO. But from her perspective, why in the world would she?
0: Right. They haven't thrown actually thrown her into handcuffs or anything but it's it's pretty clear this is an adversarial relationship and uh if sam had been if she had turned over sam to the deo i think the very best sam could have ex- expected would have been to throw to be thrown into one of those little cells that they have in their prison down there
1: yeah and lena didn't even get into how well would you have treated Sam had I done that? Like that part of the argument, she didn't even have to get to that part. And I think she already Mm -hmm. answered it pretty well.
0: Right. So Lena says that she was hoping, she continues, I was hoping to isolate whatever was turning Sam into rain, but I never got the chance, she says, rather significantly glaring at John and the rest of them.
1: (laughs) To be fair, Mm. it wasn't their fault that the other world killers caught up to Lena.
0: That's true. That's true. But I just, I really liked the glare game in this whole episode. There was a lot of non-verbal go, uh, and tone of voice communication going on besides just the words that I really
1: enjoyed. I appreciated most of it except maybe when it was coming from Kara.
0: Right. Well, Kara was being Kara. Um, so, I mean, I... Some some of her arguments did not have validity, but they were well expressed, nonetheless. I mean, as far as expressing her feelings.
1: I suppose.
0: <laughs> okay, so going on, it's it said that at, at this meeting continues, um, it's said that the uh, world killers have gone to ground and they can't find any trace of them right now. And then Supergirl asks, asks Lena how she kept uh, Sam, Rain, contained. And then uh, Lena admits that she used kryptonite to do it. And uh, Kara especially gasps. But everybody is a little surprised and appalled.
1: And this really starts one of the main issues, outside of maybe the super science we'll get to later, that I had with this episode, which was the constant reactions of... Supergirl to people having kryptonite just seems mm-hmm. so overblown, and i just I just can't get my head around it, especially when it is obviously the right tool for the job and the thing you need when Earth does seem to be fairly regularly attacked by kryptonians
0: Yes, um it's also a little disturbing that Kara is so focused on oh suddenly now i'm vulnerable when she was vulnerable before just to be being- punched and beaten by uh, Rain, but also given all the destruction and mass murders that they've just talked about, um, you know, we all like super well and don't want her to get kryptonited to death, but uh, <laughs> it seems a little like she's focusing on the wrong thing here.
1: Yeah, and I don't know quite what to think about it. It just never sits right with me, and the times it's come up before, it's not sat right with me, but this time especially so. And it's like, I just couldn't get behind her.
0: Yeah, it's it's like Supergirl feels like the correct world order is for her to be invulnerable. And she is just so appalled uh, that anyone would hang on to something that could defeat not just her, not just Superman, but, you know, any of the Kryptonians and, and whatever that they have no reason to believe are not going to keep coming to this planet.
1: Supergirl just can't cope with the fact that she could be like a human where everything around us could possibly kill us at any moment.
0: Right. (laughs) Skipping ahead for a moment to where they go to the Dark Valley, uh, other alternate dimension or whatever it is, uh, and Supergirl is trudging along, having, you know, she doesn't have her powers in this place, and she says, Oh, I feel terrible. Is this like what it feels like for humans to exercise?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: okay. All right. Skipping back to where we were, uh, we look at the the desert fortress. I forget what they call it. Um, I think
1: it's Fortress of Sanctuary. I think.
0: Yeah, something like that. So the priestess is telling the three um, of the apocalypse that. Uh, Your humanity has to go away. You have to be completely mine. And grace apparently just uh, poofs and pestilence is pure pestilence. And the priestess says that the others will soon follow. And the three form a triangle and you see sort of blue energy, a blue energy triangle being created between them.
1: One thing the hologram said was they wanted a clean realm. And in this context, I do not know what clean nor what realm means. There are lots of times in this episode that they use words, and I just do not know what is actually meant by those (laughs) words.
0: Right. Have we established, is the priestess just a hologram, or is there some sort of mental presence behind it?
1: I, I would assume she is relatively similar to all of the other moderately sentient sounding but not quite alive holograms that we come across mm-hmm. in Superman and Supergirl stories. I, unless we have any reason to think otherwise, I'm still assuming it's basically a AI reproduction of a personality.
0: Okay. All right, so then we see the Dark Valley, and uh, Sam is there. She sees Grace, who is dead, and Julia, who is alive but messed up. A vision of a kid shows up that we see but and Julia sees but Sam does not and Sam says that's because it's not it's mine not yours but your kills will come soon so each each or, each of them in the dark valley they are seeing the ghosts or something of their of the people that they've killed I don't quite
1: understand the need for that mechanism it didn't seem to really come to anything and it didn't really seem to happen to anyone else. Except for the scene later on when Sam thinks she's killed a bunch of people that she hadn't. It did seem a bit strange. It might have been interesting to see everyone having to see people who they thought they killed or having it more general.
0: That would have been interesting, But, um, but they didn't bother with that. So given that they didn't, yeah, the seeing ghosts, I guess it does help in some ways. But if they're seeing all these people, then when Rain and others were... In this dark valley, were they being harassed by all the ghosts that they had had of the people they had done? If so, it didn't seem to have bothered them at all, all when they came back.
1: I don't think it would bother Rain very much. <laughs> it's possible that they're only showing up because of the triumvirate of glowing electricity as well. Hmm. This might just be influenced by that.
0: Right. Well, okay. Anyway, Sam... Uh. Gets Julia to run with her through the dark valley, and then we leave, and suddenly we see James at CatCo! Yay! (laughs) Giving instructions to reporters! Yay! So, nice to see that they haven't torn down the CatCo set just yet. Exactly. (laughs) But the reason that he's there, really, is for him to get a phone call from Lena. (laughs) Uh, so Lena apologizes for keeping secrets, tells him, basically she info dumps everything that she had just been telling the people at the DEO. And she says, uh, I gambled everything, you know, her, her reputation, her friendships, uh, for, to try to fix Sam and I failed, she says. And then Supergirl calls her name and she hangs up on, on, uh, James before he has a much of a chance to talk to her about any of that.
1: And I think Lena does have a pretty accurate representation of what happened there. Like, I think that's actually pretty Mm -hmm. true. She took a gamble, and she was making progress, but it didn't work out. And there's, I suppose, consequences. I still wouldn't say she was wrong, but at least she understands what's going on. Mm
0: -hmm. And I really liked the conversations that happened later. Uh but I didn't love the conversation that had happened just then with Super- <laughs> Supergirl. Uh the reason she was calling Lena was just to tell her, you know, I had your back so many times when everyone thought you were an evil luther and you turn around and keep secrets on me. Hey, do you have any more kryptonite? And Lena says, "No." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was a uh, a uh, not exactly smooth or subtle segue there to the do you have any more kryptonite question. And, uh,
1: it makes it seem like that's the only thing Kara cares about.
0: Right. But they don't get to continue that conversation because suddenly an eclipse starts happening and she faints. Supergirl faints. And this is the beginning of our super science oh, pain. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, okay, the, the eclipse is being caused... By the world killers. And in a later conversation. uh, Actually after the commercial break. um, Lena is saying. The earth and the moon. Turn on an axis. And no amount of technology can change that. And Supergirl says. This is not technology. This is dark magic. And. uh, oh, It's just so.
1: There's so many lines here. That not only do they not make any sense. They don't even I think mean what. It sounds like they mean. Like the first thing that <laughs> Lena says is that eclipse is like someone grabbed on the moon and pulled. I right. don't know what that means. Do we even know that it's the moon? I have headcanon for the eclipse. Please explain. <laughs> Here's my headcanon. And again, I'm going to have to go back to bad 80s anime. In Dragon Ball. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs>
1: characters became massive monsters because the moon came out. But occasionally the moon isn't there. So they used a holographic projector to put a moon in the sky to make the transformation happen. Oh, golly. My belief is that the Fortress of Sanctuary is actually projecting a hologram of a moon to create the eclipse. It doesn't mm. help anything else that happens, but I can almost headcanon that little bit.
0: Mm, yeah, I I read um, a science fiction book quite a long time ago, can't remember the name, where... Uh, There were werewolves in the British Army, and they would carry around artificial sunlight with them to turn themselves back into people when the battles were over. (laughs) And this is about on that level. (laughs) It
1: really is. Yeah, the next line of Lena was, as you said, the Earth and the moon turn on an axis. What does that have to do with their orbits?
0: Well, it doesn't have (laughs) anything to do with anything. Now, my supposition was that the... the, uh, Somehow the trio of the apocalypse had used magic to yank the moon out of its orbit and interpose itself between the sun and the earth, which is normally how an an eclipse happens, not the yanking around part, but the moon between (laughs) the sun and the earth. (laughs) Um, And of course, that would have caused a cataclysm. Uh, uh, earthquakes, tidal waves, uh, maybe even the earth breaking apart, all by itself, just to suddenly take that, all those gravitational shifts that would have happened, and then at, while they're having this conversation, or just after it, uh, Wen says that the um he calculates that there's going to be two hours until the totality of the cl- the eclipse, i.e., when the moon or whatever it is would completely cover the sun and there would be darkness over the land. And if it's magic, I don't think you can use extrapolations like that. I really don't.
1: <laughs> we we don't understand why it suddenly seemed like it was darkening the way it was. I even then 2 hours until totality and then what? Does the moon stop? Or does it stop being totality right away? Like what I don't understand yeah. the orbital mechanics here.
0: I mean, yes, the totality should be the 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 greatest darkness, but then unless the world killers keep the moon in position there, then it would start getting lighter and lighter again. Um.
1: (sighs) The line after that, I can't quite tell if I misheard it, because it sounded like Linus would say that the temperature would drop fifty degrees. And she may have been saying fifteen degrees, but I think she was saying fifty degrees. And I just don't understand. A solar eclipse can't be worse than night. (laughs)
0: that is the major problem with this whole plot line with supergirl losing her powers because of the eclipse if having the earth in between her and the sun is even more of a barrier to sunlight than than having the moon between them um and you know why would it be a sudden catastrophic loss of powers i thought it was more like she would her batteries were supercharged when it's daylight, and she might slowly lose a little power over the night. But it this this it's like you know on off sunlight power no sunlight no power. So how has she been having battles during the nighttime? The, during these three seasons, how how does anything work anymore?
1: <laughs> and even beyond that, it isn't necessary for the story, right? Rain and the world killers are already stronger than her. So, who cares? Why does she have to lose her powers for the purpose of the plot?
0: Why did they even do this eclipse anyway? It it serves no purpose, because they all think they're stronger than her anyway.
1: Yeah, I I just don't understand.
0: I wish... I wish it hadn't happened at all. I really do. <laughs> but
1: the- Right after that, Supergirl had a statement that I was going to ask about, though, because she asked, mm-hmm. or she said that it's the same dream that I've been having for the last year. Have we actually seen her have a dream of that forest?
0: I don't remember a dream of the forest. I believe she's had one or two dreams when she's been watching rain uh, or seeing rain do something, like in the... um in the Fortress of Sanctuary, or whatever the desert sanctuary is called. So I think she's seen a couple of those, but I don't remember her being in this dark valley with the forest and all.
1: Yeah, we've had the dreams in the field, and we had the dream of her seeing the world killers floating in front of her, but none of it looked like the dark valley.
0: So anyway, Lena is able to tell them that this is not a dream, that it's real because of Something something science with her experiments with uh with Sam um so not not a dream, and Jean Jones says that on Mars, my people would sometimes share memories with each other, and Alex asks if it's like picking up a radio broadcast from a strong signal and um uh then um Lena has the idea. That if we could go to this alternate dimension place, maybe we could wake Sam up and send her back out again. Uh, (sighs) And uh, Jean-Jean has asked how we're going to do that. And Supergirl says, we fight fantasy with (laughs) sci-fi. And with Brainy's help, he is going to figure out how to convert the technology that they have for sending people into each other's minds into a way to send them into this alternate dimension.
1: I did quite like that Brainy starts the spiel saying, let me get this straight, and then says a huge number of lines which describes why this is a ridiculous idea, and then ends up with basically saying that sounds like fun.
0: (laughs) Right. So he figures out how to do – he says he's going to – take care of that Um, in about, you know, he'll get it done in about 15 minutes. Lena insists on coming uh, despite Supergirl's skepticism because she says that she knows what makes Sam and Rain tick and if anyone can get to Sam, it's me. Alex says she's going too because uh, Supergirl, you may not have any power in that dark valley. Surprise, surprise. And before they all start out, when Pull's Alex aside and gives her a supersuit that he has created which does something with magnets baby and uh
1: <laughs> yeah, the supersuit doesn't come I think until the the final battle but my real question is if you die in the dark valley do you die in real life
0: yeah that's a really important question um <laughs> well we see we see uh Grace's dead body in the um dark valley and you know her dead body appeared after she gave up the fight and shriveled or withered or whatever they call it within uh, the personality of Pestilence. And, and uh, so she was no more on Earth and then she was no more in the Dark Valley. So I'm certainly willing to believe that anyone who dies in the Dark Valley will not come back in
1: our world. At least their mind, yes.
0: Right. So, um, meanwhile, while they're getting ready to do all this, we see Sam and Julia wandering around. Um, Julia is freaking out about all the people that she killed. She insists that it was me. Um, and now these ghosts are coming after her. And Sam says, you don't kill, you didn't kill them. The world killer did. And she tries to prompt her with questions. Tell me your name. What's your favorite song? Um, But then Sam realizes that she talks about her daughter's favorite song, and then she realizes she can't remember her daughter's name anymore. And so she also starts freaking out. And so Sam and Julia are both just freaking out together.
1: I thought it was very well presented and hard to watch.
0: Yeah, I thought it was well done. Um, It was, uh, uh, I mean, they both definitely felt pretty desperate and sad. So, meanwhile, meanwhile, while Brainy is getting the stuff, the technology to fight ma- magic with, uh, Supergirl flies real quick to James's office at CatCo, I guess, and tells him that Lena has kryptonite, and that's how she was containing rain. And James says, yeah, yeah, she just called me and, uh, and told me about this. And um, Supergirl... Uh, says says that uh, Lena says that she used it all, but uh, she doesn't trust them. James starts to say, "I know how hard this must be," and uh, Supergirl glares at him, and <laughs> he changes that to, uh, "I know how dangerous this is." <laughs> uh, one another of those uh, nonverbal communi- communications I love. Anyway, he says, Lena is not Lex. And Supergirl says she wants to believe her, but she lied about Sam. Who knows what else she's lying about? And I need Guardian to find out if there's any kryptonite left. James says, uh, you know, this I don't want to betray my trust. I don't want to betray someone I really care about. And Supergirl says, I really care about her too, so let's put this to bed. (laughs) I I don't believe her caring is quite... The same concept as James is caring. Well,
1: and to be fair, she doesn't know that.
0: Oh, that's right. Because they've been keeping their relationship on the down low. That's right.
1: And yeah, if she knew that, that would put this conversation in a different light, I would think. Yeah. But still, her line of kryptonite, James, I just have difficulty (laughs) coping with it all.
0: I'm not actually even sure. Yeah, yeah. Forget the world killings. It's kryptonite. This is serious, (laughs) man.
1: (laughs) I don't even think... That Lena ever lied about Sam, either.
0: Yeah, I well, I don't know if she told people Sam was on a long trip or something, but whatever it was, it was not a major lying, or at least not a lying that they showed to us. It was, it was more like she knew stuff that she just didn't tell other people about.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I still don't feel Supergirl is very justified here, but that's okay.
0: Anyway, so, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, meanwhile... Um, Alex and Lena have a conversation. Why not tell me the truth? Alex, is, Alex asks Lena, and Lena says, Like, you told me the truth about the DEO. And Lena further explains that this was her secret to keep. You know, it was Sam's secret that she was keeping. Um, and, you know, she wasn't lying to hurt anybody. She was lying to protect. I don't know. I don't remember if Lena uses the word lying, but basically she was just keeping Sam's secret for her and alex says that's fair basically and then she asks is ruby safe um which is the first time i think anybody in this episode has asked other than sam herself has asked about ruby and and lena says yes she's safe so that was that was good to have that acknowledged uh before the threats came again later just that uh alex is not just looking to share blame or apportion blame, she uh, does care about some of the people in this. So I liked that.
1: This conversation rang so much more true, and I liked so much more than a lot of the other conversations, certainly between Supergirl and Lena, because they are both reasonable. They both offer points of views. They comprehend each other's points of views, and they're accepting. And they also have Alex asking about Ruby, and I was like everything about this conversation I loved. Yes. I also like, by the way, that it gives us an impression that if Lena knows something, she may not bother saying anything about it. Because the implication right. is she's known that Alex has been D.E.O. for a while now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Because she's smart.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and,
0: okay. So the fourth, meanwhile, is that uh, Supergirl asks Monil to promise that if this goes, this whole mind mission goes sideways, that he will pull out... Lena and Alex, and just let Supergirl keep fighting there, uh, keep doing the mission. And Monel agrees.
1: The argument being this is our only chance, I don't know the justification there. I mean, it might be their only chance, but it might not be also.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Supergirl is being heroic they're t- trying to be protective of alex and lena even lena whom she doesn't really like all that much right now um but you know she's she's saying let me stay and finish the mi- mission but if it looks like the other two are getting in trouble pull them out so i like that and on a very minor side note, I like that, you know, when they showed up in the Dark Valley, I noticed, I don't know if it was probably true before, but I just noticed it here, that Supergirl, of course, is her new normal, colorful, costumed self. But Alex and Lena are both wearing all black, and they were flanking her on each, each side, and it just made a nice visual picture.
1: There's a lot of dark colors in this show. <laughs> it makes Mono yes. and Supergirl... Stand out quite well. <laughs> right before Brainy sends them off, I really, really loved the couple lines where Brainy says, Would you like me to count to three? Lena <laughs> responds, Will it help? Brainy, No, not at all. <laughs> Which feels like the most Douglas Adams writing this show has ever had.
0: Yes. Um, right. So he he like pushes a button on his bodysuit or whatever and they all sink back unconscious into their crash couches and they're in the dark valley and lena says this is impressive and uh the first thing that alex does is fashion very quickly three (laughs) spears (laughs) three wooden spears uh you know she must have had she must have brought her utility knife with her into the dark valley through <laughs> in her bodysuit or something.
1: Alex is ready for Lord of the Flies.
0: <laughs> yes. Right, right. So, so lickily split, she makes up three wooden spears for them to use, even though they have no real idea what they're up against here. But we find out that one of those spears is sharp enough and Supergirl is vulnerable enough for it to cut her hand. And so they're all aware that Supergirl at least can be damaged, at least here.
1: And also the very funny scene with Alex answering the question, can we be hurt by poking Lena?
0: How? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, there, there were a lot of really funny, good little touches throughout this episode, even, even if, you know, the science logic makes me shudder. Um, but the people logic, I liked a lot of that. So anyway, they see dead Grace, and uh, they explain uh, the Grace and Pestilence thing to Lena, and they start looking for Sam and Julia. Um, there is a little meanwhile scene. Now that we've start, you know, I'll start over with the meanwhiles. Now that we're in here, um, so Manel and Je- Jean Jones are talking. Manel says that I can't help Supergirl. I can't hold her. But I can't hurt my wife. What do I do? And John says, there's nothing to do. And I think he's just referring to the immediate situation. I don't think he's talking about the relationship drama. Um, but Monell obviously was talking about the whole situation, not just the immediate situation. So... So that was an interesting little twist. Anyway, Jean and Monel hug. It's possible
1: Jean was actually referring to the relationship as well. I'm a little frightened that we're going to try and see uh, Monel try and hook up again with Kara. And I don't know. I'm still hoping that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going with that. I, I, I well, I guess they must have decided uh, by the time they filmed this episode. But it almost felt like they hadn't quite decided. But maybe they're just teasing us. Um, And maybe they're just showing us the agony of indecision. Yes. Okay, so that's where we get to the scene where um, Supergirl is uh, saying, walking around without superpowers is terrible. It's like I've been poisoned with kryptonite. Lena says, come on, you said that we could work together. And Supergirl says, I never said it would be sunshine and roses. Lena says this... It was not personal against you that I was keeping this kryptonite, and Supergirl and Lena and Alex, sorry, Supergirl and Alex both say, yes, it was too personal, (laughs) because I'm the one that could be hurt by it.
1: (laughs) Again, though, I don't buy this argument at all.
0: All right. (laughs) Alex
1: said, you had a stash of kills kryptonians, Lena. It's personal. Alex's gun kills almost anything. Is it personal Mm -hmm. to anything? That's right. It just, it doesn't have any weight to it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, most people in the world can be killed in quite a huge variety of ways. And uh, I know Supergirl has a little trouble dealing with it, but but yes, she should, you know, she's had all this practice with talking about uh, putting her super-ness above her human-ness, so she shouldn't be allowing herself to get so freaked out about this. Anyway, uh so so Supergirl once more calls out Lena for keeping secrets, and Lena says, Great, you hate secrets. Why don't you tell me your name? Beat. Supergirl says, That is not a great question for a Luther to ask. Lena replies very reasonably, you have secrets. So do I. Then this conversation is interrupted by Wraiths flying around. Um uh one of them pauses and uh supergirl says that's a kryptonian demon Alex throws a spear at one and it disappears and I couldn't tell did the spear disappear also
1: I have no idea what they were trying to present there or whether we'd actually seen kryptonian demons before so I'm not
0: sure I think we've seen at least the wraiths the dark sh- shapes flying around I think yeah. that's why uh uh Sam and um uh Sam Sam told uh, Julia that they needed to get out of where they were right ah, but now
1: before this episode,
0: though. Oh, mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, they they certainly have not materialized before as a thing that pauses and threatens you.
1: I also thought, though, going back to your the real name question, which I think was a very very reasonable statement for Lena to make. Mm-hmm. The fact that Luther basically said, "I'm not going to accept that question from you because you're a Luther," just seems mm-hmm. so rude. <laughs>
0: Right. You know, I, I thought that we'd gotten past all that. Um, Apparently, but
1: to Supergirl, Lena is just a Luther.
0: Meanwhile, they... Oh, wait, no. First, they get to the Dark Temple, um, or whatever it is. There, It had been just a lot of trees, but then you see our party closing a door, and it's some kind of rock temple with lots of tall, dark stalactites stalagmites and things they find julia and try to talk to her and uh, uh uh lena goes off um looking for sam and finds her and sam is saying i killed them i killed them and then we go to our meanwhile mission which is when talking remotely to james who is breaking into the vault there's a what he calls an acetylene resistant cast iron door to this vault, which... Sure. Okay. um, And so Wynn says, okay, set the charge, walk away, and then the vault will be open. And um, J- so James is agonizing over whether to do this or not, and Wynn impatiently, you know, just seconds after he said, set the charge and walk away, he impatiently breaks in, you know, he impatiently asks, are you in? What's in the vault? And... James decides to lie to win. He says that he's in the vault, but there's nothing here. But in fact, he has not broken the vault at all. He's just decided it is too wrong for him to break into his girlfriend's vault. And so he lies for her sake. And I'm sure that won't come back to have consequences on him.
1: (laughs) And again, he didn't really need to lie. He could also just said, no, I'm not going to do it.
0: Yes. That that would have been probably the most mature thing to do, although it would have just resulted in Supergirl breaking in later, probably. But
1: That's Supergirl's problem.
0: You know, he could also have just said, I don't see anything, which would have been literally true, even if very incomplete information. <laughs> but you now he goes all the way. He, you know, if you're going to misdirect, you may as well just lie. And he says, I'm in and there's nothing here. Uh, and then there's a weird little thing where... Um, Brainy walks in on Win and says, "I'm worried. I was worried about you. You spent a long time in the bathroom." And Win explains, "This is not a bathroom. This room that I am in. So that kind of answers one thing to me about the bodily functions of Brainiac, in that he must not have them." We were talking last time when about why he had gone to a supermarket and whether you know how physically complete his human disguise is. But I think that. Pretty well answers one question about his biology, if he doesn't even know what a bathroom is.
1: I think that's really interesting. I didn't actually read it that way. I read nope. it more as, Wynne didn't recognize it as a bathroom and it is one. It's a space future oh. bathroom.
0: Or oh. it's a bathroom
1: for Brainy. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of different interpretations.
0: Okay, because I, you know, I certainly did not see anything that looked like bathroom equipment in there, but maybe it is a future bathroom, and Wynne just didn't realize it. Hmm. Okay. It it works either way. (laughs) Anyway, back to the Dark Valley. Sam recognizes Alex and Supergirl and apologizes. She says, oh no, I killed you too. I'm sorry. So she assumes that they are ghosts coming to confront her. But no, they say, we're here to rescue you. You have to wake up and go back to your body and tell us where you are. So that's not exactly a rescue. (laughs) Just telling you that you have to wake up and go save the world. Um
1: so we can is, rescue you.
0: Right. Rescue
1: eventually down the line.
0: <laughs> so they they are all Supergirl starts to get groggy or or sees or faint or something, so she's not doing well. But anyway, they're all telling Sam that she's a good person, she's a fighter. Think of Ruby, think of Ruby, think of Ruby, and then Sam goes back to her own body and uh, the Sam body in the Dark Valley. Eyes flash red, and so we know that that is Rain. And so Rain attacks Lena and Sam, uh, and then we switch to looking at the the Dark Fort- I mean, sorry, the Fortress of whatever. Um, (laughs) The Desert Fortress. And Sam breaks that mystic triangle, but the others just keep their eyes Closed and they don't seem to notice that the blue triangle of energy has disappeared, which seems very weird to me that they don't notice anything when that bond is broken. But anyway, I'm okay with it. Oh.
1: We don't know what really is controlling that bond, so eh.
0: yeah, the I Raiders guess. have that freedom. Anyway, Sam goes to the crystal control console or whatever it's called she finds a crystal slips it into a slot and suddenly the uh, the fortress sends out a pulse of energy and so that way the DEO sense finds where this fortress is meanwhile lena is attacking rain i mean oh, sorry <laughs> rain is attacking lena and Supergirl says, don't hurt her, take me instead. And Rain says, you are nothing. And so she's about to kill Lena. But once this DEO gets the signal, they, or or the Legion ship, I guess that's where they are. Once they get the signal, they pull the three mind travelers back into their bodies. And so there they are, safe again.
1: Pulled out of the Matrix, as it were. Yes. <laughs> I quite liked that there were these three locations and different people in different locations knew different things. And mm-hmm. the information gets passed around in a circle until everyone gets pulled out. I quite like that structure, even if the Dark Valley doesn't make any sense to me. And I even liked how, again, Sam being reminded of Ruby is really what pushes Rain out and changes that control. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So um, here is where Alex gets her super suit. I was a little confused before. So, um, the, uh, they know where the fortress is and the DEO and super people are going over to there, but, uh, that is when when pulls aside Alex to give her the super suit. And, uh, Lena says, what about me? And Supergirl says, help Brainy. And Lena and, and, uh, Brainiac both say, Okay. <laughs> like they're not sure how they're going to work with each other um and and they may neither of them be thrilled about just being left or, left behind on the ship but they agree there's no But t- not
1: a bad call really.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's actually a very reasonable call. Neither of them are fight 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 people, exactly. Um but anyway, when uh, when 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 is showing Alex about the magnet power and uh uses the magnet power to pull brainy's ring off his finger and uh brainy is upset and he says that ring cost more than this entire ship and that was a real what moment for me well
1: because those rings are uh huge amounts of power because it allows them to fly it makes them invulnerable to mental attacks uh, and all those things
0: Oh, okay, alright. Those are the
1: Legion rings.
0: Okay, so the rings give them the superpowers. Alright. Some of I them. I guess that just some of them. Right. Well, I guess Monel already has his powers. I don't know if he has an inert ring or a ring that gives him even more powers. But
1: I think on his own Monel can only jump, but with the ring okay. he gets flight.
0: Okay, okay. Alright. So if that helps explain that a little more, good. <laughs> so the supers and DEOs are at the temple, or or the fortress, and fight, fight, fight. The priestess gives out some kind of yell that attacks the ship, and the engines are burning out. And Brainy leaves his control chair to go work on the engines. And Lena goes onto the control cha- chair, and he says, you can't figure that out. And she says, yes, she can, and you see... Her hands on like hologram controls or something, uh, and she is taking care of the ship pretty confidently. And she says something about the engines. Is the implication that the Luther Corp rebuilt these engines or something?
1: I don't think so. I, I think I actually wasn't quite sure whether it was the hologram or purity. I lost track of some people during that fight of who was attacking the ship. Okay. But they attack the ship, and then Lena takes the controls, and I think it was just. She recognized that the right action to take was to vent the engines and you had to either be moving or have the air cold or whatever reason. Oh, I think she just understood okay. the technology because Lena's really smart.
0: Yeah. I mean, I watched I, – sorry, I watched the episode twice and I didn't quite figure out what she was doing there um, other than that she was using her super smartness to save the ship.
1: Yeah, I don't think it matters what she was doing. It's just that <laughs> she was doing the right thing. Okay. I, Brainy initially questioned her, saying, no, no, that's not how that works, and then pauses and then says, actually, that's exactly how that works. And Lena responds, (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's a great scene, but it doesn't really matter what they're doing.
0: (sighs) Right. Anyway, I'm really pleased that uh, Lena actually gets to do something. Well, she already risked her life by going to the Dark Valley, but I'm also glad that she got to show what a boss she is in this fight instead of just waiting doing something with information or something like that
1: and then we have a fight so much fight
0: yes (laughs) so much fight um do you want to do blow by blow or do you want to just say you know a lot of people are canceling each other out and and then someone will get up and go join in another battle
1: i think the only two things of any real importance was, for some reason, they needed Kara to lose her powers. I still don't know why. I don't know if it matters. Mm -hmm. And then it's the important part, which is that Julia, again, has to sacrifice herself to save everyone else. And I'm a little disappointed that that seems to be the lot in Julia's life here, is self-sacrifice.
0: It seems very unfair. And it also makes me think a lot about the current conversations. Um, I don't know if we've explained recently that Julia is, uh, one of the rare black characters on the show who is actually a black character and not a Martian pretending to be black. Um, although James also is black, of course. But anyway, uh, (laughs) there's a lot of conversations these days about, um, Black people having to do the social labor of educating other people, and you know uh, the civil rights battles and everything, and it this really made me feel a little uncomfortable about that. With Julia twice saving and in the end sacrificing herself to save the others, and at the end of the episode, people seemed pretty happy about that. They they were worried about Sam, but they weren't spending a lot of time mourning Julia's noble self sacrifice.
1: Supergirl says, we saved Julia.
0: Mm, Well, yes, I guess you saved her soul or something like that.
1: I, (laughs) I had a lot of issue with how happy the DEO were with themselves at the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we certainly saw all those energies flowing into rain. I don't know if the people... In the t v show saw it, but I mean it was pretty clear to me those powers were not going away; they were just going into rain,
1: yeah, there's a lot of conversations about the fact that they've solved the blight, and i I see no reason to assume that that's actually the case, in that, as far as we know, rain may have those powers now, and rain might be able to become the blight, so right, they felt like they were jumping ahead a little bit there.
0: Right. So in the, you know, wrapping up segment there's a scene where Imra finds Monel brooding alone and right, she says, We did it, we saved everyone. So so she says, so we can go home now, or one of them says that. And then Monel says, Can we even get home? And Imra says, Uh, Rainy will figure it out. And I think she thought he was just talking about the technology. But I was thinking Monel might be talking about what I was talking about previously about, um, you know, they have changed the future to a huge degree. And so maybe the, the, the future that they were living in, you know, if 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 their supposition was right and blight was never going to happen the future they would be traveling to would be vastly different from the one that they left. And so, you know, in the thomas Wolfe sense, they would not be going home at all.
1: The impression I got is that Monell is debating whether he wants to try and stay.
0: Yes, um, that too.
1: <laughs> but specifically because of Carl. Right. There's that. We'll see where the writers take it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Right. So she leaves and he stares at the locket that he got from Super, Supergirl so long ago. Oh, and by the way, um, Supergirl says the fortress has turned to stand, sand and the eclipse ended as soon as it was gone, It the fortress. And that was another no <laughs> moment for me. That
1: I was okay, though, because I was already well into my holographically projected moon at that point. <laughs> So it's like, sure, no problem.
0: <laughs> okay. I guess that would make sense if it were some kind of holographic projection that was strong enough to block the sun and cause Supergirl to co- to lose her powers. But if what I'm thinking is right and they just yanked the moon around, then even if the moon were in a stable orbit and was just going to move on out, it would still take mo- uh, minutes. uh at least, (laughs) for it to even start away from the totality Um, and, you know, like an hour for it to be, I I forget exactly, but uh, it would not be instantaneous. Um,
1: I've seen people trying to do math on how much energy it takes to move (laughs) celestial bodies, and it's just shocking.
0: Right. I mean, that would be the real power of a world killer. If you could yank the moon around in the sky, you could destroy the earth, no problem. Anyway, hand waving that away. <laughs> there was an odd little moment where uh, Supergirl compliments Alex's cool suit. Alex gives the credit to Wynn for doing her a solid. And she says there was a certain de- director who kept denying permission for her to get a suit. Jean Jones says, Blame it on Congress. I didn't write, don't write the budgets. But my problem with that is, you know, the suit did get created, what kind of budgetary problem, you know, did he make it out of odds and ends that he found around the shop that weren't being created for, accounted for by the budgets? These
1: are really dangerous questions to ask because then you have the question of if Win can make this suit and Wynn can make Guardian suit, why hasn't Win made them for all the video agents?
0: Right!
1: <laughs> the second you get into super suit questions, you have a, a scalability and industrial production problem to really figure out.
0: I mean, given the problems with this shadowy secret government organization and its, you know, questionable civil rights treatment and stuff, I'm not thrilled with the idea of giving every agent there a super suit, but the budget thing is just nonsense.
1: I think it was just written to be funny.
0: Okay, so Wynn tells Supergirl that James had checked out the vault and it's clean and then, when Lena is leaving, Supergirl says, "Hey, we got to Julia. Maybe there's still a chance for Sam." Kind of ignoring that Julia is dead now, <laughs> um, which you know, uh, yeah, probably Sam would rather be dead than be Rain, but it's not exactly reassuring. And then Supergirl says, "I may have been overreacting before. Let's uh, let's just say that the slate is clean." And Lena says she can work with that. And then Lena goes to James. She is a little surprised that he'd want to see her. Apparently he asked her to come visit. And James says that, um, you know, I've been looking for a reason to distrust you for two years because of your baggage and everything, but you've done nothing to, to prove, you know, that she shouldn't be trusted. And Lena says kind of flatly until now. You know, waiting for her for him also to hit her with some kind of scolding. But James says, no, you tried to help your friend, regardless of how that might look to others. And that's beautiful. And that's someone I want to, you know, get to know better or spend time with or something like that. But anyway, I thought that was a really nice line.
1: It's a great scene altogether. Mm hmm. This is also one of my favorite scenes from this episode.
0: Definitely. Mine too. So he continues, but now you have something to decide about me. I'm Guardian. And Lena is a little taken aback, but she just says, why tell me? And then James explains that he's telling her now because uh, he just broke into her lab as Guardian to find out if you had more kryptonite. And she says, why? And he says, I had to... Supergirl asked me. And Lena interrupts. She did? Like, Lena's figuring out that uh, Supergirl's forgiveness before came from a little more information than she thought. You know, she she had thought that Supergirl had just... I mean, this is what I'm reading into just Lena's two words and body language and tone.
1: <laughs> That's a fair interpretation. I like that interpretation.
0: Right. You know, she she's think- she Supergirl had seemed like she had just thought out, you know, her reactions and had a change of heart. But now it looks like, no, Supergirl was checking up on her beyond, you know, everything. And so that whole reconciliation feels a little less genuine now to Lena. That's my interpretation of what happened right there.
1: But Lena does share more with James as well.
0: Right. Um, James says, uh, uh, yes, Supergirl did ask me, but I am the one who said yes to going into the vault, but then he continues, but he couldn't uh, make myself go into your vault, you know your vault is still intact, I trust you um, I hope you can trust me, and Lena nods and hugs him, and that was sweet but as they're hugging, she says there's something else you need to know and he says, hit me <laughs> <laughs> she says that wasn't Lex's kryptonite I figured out how to make it dun 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 she doesn't say dun dun dun. That's me.
1: <laughs> that would have been pretty awesome if she did though.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, I loved that whole conversation between them. I I loved how they were, you know, approaching each other, um being honest with each other. I I just I just love that relationship. You know, when it started, it seemed a little out of nowhere to me. Um but I I just love how honest and open they're being about their feelings with each other.
1: Well, being honest and open in this show is, is pretty rare, and therefore mm. it's this shock that we're feeling. <laughs> but I agree that they are the best probably for having a mature conversation, and this mature conversation is nice to see. I like that. I don't think Lena actually lied to the DEO either, because she said that – She used kryptonite. She didn't say that she had a stash of it. Some of what she said could have been interpreted as she was making some of the stuff. Or maybe she had a bit from Lex, and then she had to make some more. So either way, again, she was misleading, but I don't think she was lying.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And she said she had used it up, but obviously she did not tell anyone at DEO that she can make some more. Correct, And we don't know how, how hard the process is or how long it takes, but she's obviously confident that she can... Makes him more, if that turns out to be necessary.
1: Though historically, making kryptonite often doesn't go quite as expected. Mm. There's many plots like uh, Superman 3 and others, so time will tell.
0: Right, or she could accidentally make some other form of kryptonite red, or, or one of the many other colors that all have their own
1: special things. Somewhere in the of kryptonite.
0: Right. <laughs> Let's see. So at the end... Well, okay. The penultimate scene, Rain is floating somewhere in the dark, and she hears a voice that says, the human and you must die. The child must die. Uh, Ruby Aurelia, or whatever the last name is, must die. And then we see Sam in the Dark Valley. Uh, She has... uh, Uh, remembered Ruby's name obviously since she went to go save her Um, and she has written on those dark stone pillars uh, my daughter is Ruby Um, so she's holding on to the memories as long as she can in the dark valley
1: so yes the DEO is celebrating while Sam was crying and the world killer is trying to go kill the (laughs) child
0: yes (laughs) That's, that's why you know yet another reason why all that celebration feels a little off but much as i had problems with some of the science logic on this show i loved a lot of the emotional beats in this show the arguments at the beginning with them uh uh, telling lena she should feel bad about things um you know i i feel those arguments were wrong But they felt like the kind of things that Jean and Supergirl would say. Um, And I liked that Alex was a little more thoughtful about that after a little while. And I really loved the James and Lena interactions.
1: If I can put all the super science in a box and sort of hide it away. (laughs) I like most of the episode, but how Supergirl treated Lena. I would wonder whether Lena wants to be friends with Supergirl after this. Hmm. I really feel Supergirl went quite far. We'll see. There might be a bit more up and down in that relationship.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess technically the DEO could have arrested Lena and thrown her in a cell or something. And they didn't do that. Uh, Because technically, I guess you certainly could make the argument that she was abetting or at least sheltering a mass murderer, even though we know that she did it for all the right reasons. But, you know, I she could have had much more severe consequences for her actions than uh, James and Supergirl being kind of mad at her. I suppose. And, you know, then then she went on the mission to try and and uh, help help uh, Sam, except for what they really wanted to do was to get Sam to help them uh, or to help the world. Anyway, so I guess that sort of expiated things. Anyway, you know, like I said, I would hope that in in a similar similar situation, I would be understanding of Lena. From what we've seen of James, I mean, sorry, of Jean and Supergirl before, uh, I've seen some overreactions from them before, so I was not surprised to see them carrying a grudge at least for a little while.
1: Going forward, though. I think mm-hmm. this all leads us back to the exciting question of when will Lena find out? <laughs> and, and I think this episode has actually edged us a lot farther towards that in that mm-hmm. not only does Lena now know who Guardian is and she knows mm-hmm. that Alex is part of the DEO, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that she also does know that Kara is Supergirl. I just can't comprehend her not knowing it. And the conversation she had with Alex, which implied she already knew Alex was in the DEO, mm-hmm. and basically implying that people have their secrets and they're allowed to sort of share those secrets when they want to. I just have difficulty coping with any other interpretation, except that Lena does know, and she's just waiting for Kara to admit it to her.
0: Yeah, it did. I, I'm not quite convinced, but it's there's certainly evidence uh, for that Belief. Um, the way she asked Supergirl, you know, okay, we're not keeping secrets. Tell me who you are. She clearly, well, she probably wasn't expecting a real answer at all. But if it had been one, it would have been some one that had some weight. It wouldn't be, you know, my name is is Jane. You know, nothing person. You know, she was expecting this to be an answer. If it were, if she got an answer, it would have been an answer. With some weight, some connection, you know, not just, you know, okay, here's my random identity of someone who lives in this city that you never heard of before. Um, you know, there, she was expecting for there to be a reason, a real strong reason that uh, Supergirl did not want to answer that question other than just protecting her secret identity's normal life.
1: It also could just have been a test. Here's an option Mm-hmm. Are you going to tell me?
0: Right, right. So, so yeah, Um, you know, I'm not completely sure you're right, but I wouldn't be shocked if you did turn out to be right, and Lena has known for some time. Or just now. Yeah, true.
1: But we'll see. There's more episodes this season, and we can see how they play out.
0: That's right, right? It will continue to be interesting. I do hope that we find out, that Lena knows uh, this season, though. I I wouldn't feel great about it if she didn't figure it out and then we were looking at the next season where it would be yet another season of wondering <laughs> if Lena was going to, you know, if the penny was going to drop for her or if she was going to reveal to the others I've known for months, years, whatever. <laughs>
1: oh, these silly superhero shows with this constant question. <laughs>
0: But anyway, like I said, uh, a good episode. Um, it felt um, it felt like it hung together a little better for me than the last episode did. And yeah, I'm, of course, looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season reveals. So, uh, any other final thoughts?
1: I think that's it. We'll see what next episode gives us.
0: Okay. I'd like to thank our hosts, The Incomparable Network. Uh, I'd like to thank you, David, for this conversation. Always interesting.
1: Happy to be here.
0: And I'd like to thank our listeners. If you want to continue the conversation, please join us on The Incomparables Facebook group or the member subscription Slack. Or we're on Twitter at SGSupercast. And as always, I would like to thank our wonderful audio editor, Seth Beasley.